What's up, everybody? This is the SalesCast podcast with myself and co-host Jed. So I think today we're kind of piggybacking off of our episode from last week, kind of talking about going from an SDR to an A, but this time we're talking about going from an SDR to a team lead. So Jed, you want to kind of kick us off? Yeah, for sure. Um, I figured let's talk about, I'll, I'll kind of start it off with um, some of the biggest things I think it takes to kind of go from SDR to team lead. Um, that's the route that I took. And I know a lot of people prefer going the SDR to AE motion. Um, I think uh, in terms of like maybe top three things to, you know, to position yourself for a team leader management position, number one, I would say is definitely uh, actually forming relationships with our SDRs in your team. So obviously it starts with hitting your quota, but, you know, being the type of person who's, you know, leading team calls, actually coaching on the reps on your team and being proactive, a uh, big thing that I did to, to kind of position myself for that role was I reached out to, um, you know, the current SDR manager and said, hey, can I run some trainings? So trying to kind of get in from your SDR manager, run some trainings, things of that nature. Um, that was a big help for me. Um, but Max, I don't know if you have any kind of advice around what you might have done to kind of position yourself for that team lead management role. Yeah, I think one thing that's important to understand, too, is like it's very similar to becoming an, an AE, like be prepared to sit in the role, maybe even for a little bit longer. Right. Because like AE roles are always coming up, like people always want closers, people, especially in that role, there's a lot of turnover. So like you'll you'll see AEs come and go pretty quickly. So those spots might open up. So, you know, you, you're thinking about like nine to 12 months, you're going to be in SDR most likely, maybe 18 months at the most if you're waiting to be an AE when it comes to being team lead those spots are few and far between like they don't pop up very often and when they do uh those people get hired into those role and they kind of stay there right like they don't go Mm -hmm. they generally keep those positions so they're few and far between i think your best bet to get into a role like that is to go to like a smaller stage startup and kind of position yourself like hey like early on like hey like i want to be in a leadership role i want to be in sales development for a long time like this is what i'm passionate about and i like to teach people about it And so you need to make that clear, but also be prepared. Like you'll probably be an SDR for like a year and a half, like a year to a year and a half minimum before you get to that position. Sometimes even like two years, because like I said, they don't pop up that often. Um, But at the end of the day, I think that's a good thing. Like going from an SDR to a team lead in a short period of time might not be good because you'll have people on your team that will start to report into you being like, hey, why am I listening to you? You know, you were only an SDR for like six months. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, it probably is good to be an SDR for two years, you know, 18 months to two years, because you'll have that kind of respect of hitting quota, having done the job for a while, you know how to get through the, the up and down months, stuff like that. So I think um, not rushing it is the first part. The second piece is like actually get the respect from everyone on your team, you know, when mm-hmm. they're your peers. I think when you're an SDR and we've all seen them, like those cocky SDRs who are kind of like pricks to people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> team won't like you that much. So if you don't want to be an AE yet, you're being cocky and you're kind of in everybody's face about being better than them. Odds are you're not going to be a good manager because those people aren't going to want to work for somebody that they think, you know, kind of looks down on them. So the, the first biggest piece is like earn the respect of your peers, not just by being good at your job, but actually just being a good person, helping them out, being positive, yeah. like understanding what, you know, other SDRs might be going through, even though you don't necessarily go through that stuff because you are a high performer. So I think that's one piece. And then the other piece too is like be involved in actually trying to train people once you've earned that respect. So after though, those like initial six to eight months when you've earned that respect where everyone's like, you know, Jed's a cool dude. I like him a lot, but he's also really good at his job. After that, now it's time to kind of like insert yourself, you know, as like a trainer, you know, start to teach yeah. people what you're doing, 
what you did that was successful, even like saving all your scripts. Like what I used to do when I was in SDR is I would save everything, every script, every like email nuance that I thought worked, I would bookmark it, save it. And then I would run trainings on it. I would use it in like different scenarios. If we were doing role plays in the morning during a team meeting, I would pull them out and kind of talk about them. And I wouldn't even necessarily like schedule a, a real training on it. But when you're an SDR, like what you could do is like when you just have a team meeting, just bring it up and kind of talk about it. And people will start to understand like, oh, like Max actually knows what he's talking about. You know, maybe I should yeah. listen to him more often. And that kind of builds up over a period of like six months. You know, if you do that long enough, people start to think like, oh, Max is a subject matter expert. So I'm going to start mm-hmm. to listen to him. Um, I don't know, like when, when you were positioning yourself to move into a team lead role, was that like, was the training aspect something that you did in a more formal way or were you always like meeting with people offhand kind of like helping them out like walk walk us through exactly how you set that up or, or positioned yourself that way yeah i mean i think you touched on the documentation piece which is huge um you know you have to actually be passionate about the sdr roles you have to be willing to try and do you know new things um so always documenting and then like like you said sharing your scripts so that's what I like naturally started doing i would share like the cadences i was using the scripts i was using different sort of resources i had and then I did it formally. Um, I reached out to uh, my old manager and said, hey, can I set up a training on this specific thing? So like I had a cadence I was running and I wanted to set up a formal training on that. And so I think it starts with like being the type of person who's willing to try new things, document it, share with the team. And then once people have started to get value from it, you know, the biggest thing in getting promoted is actually like speaking up and saying you want that position. And usually the best natural next step is to set up formal trainings and kind of show that you can do that job um, in a small sense. So yeah, that was huge for me setting up those kind of like formal trainings and just, you know, reaching out to, to, to my manager to do that. Yeah. And like, after you went through like building rapport with your peers, you know, building respect, understanding like what the team environment was, and then actually doing those trainings, like, how did you actually have that conversation with your manager that that's what you wanted to do? Like that was your next step that you wanted. Yeah. Um, I, it was, so for me, a lot of it is good timing and that's why uh, you know, the team leader management route isn't always going to be as available as like an AE role. So sometimes, honestly, the answer is, you know, especially honestly, right now, there's lots of team lead and management roles opening up in the SDR space. Like it's, it's a really hot time for that. So for me, it was just good timing. Like I knew they needed a new team lead. They were going to have to have like a, a new manager for the outbound team. So I just positioned myself like, hey, I'm basically going to do the job. And I, I just brought it up every one on one. That's the biggest thing is you have to be vocal about the role you want. Um, and then it was good timing. So if that's something you really want to do, I, I think another big piece of advice is don't just go the team lead route because that position is open over going the AE role. Like it's not necessarily easy. Like I think a, a misconception is people think, oh, I'm going to be a team lead and manager and I won't have a quota. You know, I can just chill. It's uh, I think that's a, a big misconception because you it's honestly probably more stressful or more difficult in a sense because you have an entire team's quota you know what i mean you have the responsibility of an entire team so that's another big thing um but yeah for me it was just about positioning and bringing it up on -on one-on-ones as much as possible yeah and how did you make the decision like a versus team lead like what were some of the factors that you thought about yeah for the biggest thing for me was i uh it was an opportunity to to first off try management out and see how I liked it and get that experience. Um, the second thing was that I figured, Hey, if I can be a successful team lead and eventually manager and like really nail the SDR top of funnel side of things, then eventually when I do want to be a closer, 
I know I have the SDR, the prospecting side nailed. Like if I can teach a team how to do it successfully, I know it's going to help me in my sales career a ton because I can say like, I really matched this. I've been able to teach a process to a team. And when I go be an AE, um, two things is going to help me be really successful if I want to be a closer um, because I have that experience of prospecting. And then B, uh, you know, it can give you a path to sales leadership on the AE side of things a lot faster because you already have that leadership experience as an SDR. And I don't know about you, Max, but I feel like getting into AE leadership or sales leadership is a lot more difficult or harder entry path than it is going SDR to SDR leadership. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that those are my kind of two thinking points around that. Yeah. I think sure. like going to your point to getting into like closing leadership roles, it's difficult not because like it's hard to to get the role it's hard because a teams don't necessarily scale as fast as sdr teams so like you're yeah. always going to see 50 sdrs but you're not always going to see a team of 50 aes like you might see a team of 58 a or uh, 50 sdrs and then a team of like 15 to 20 aes right right so with a team of 15 to 20 aes you're going to have two managers and a director it might not grow that much more, right? Like you need to scale, yeah. like for every, you know, team of five AEs, you need 10 to 15 SDRs in most cases, though not all companies do that. But in most yep. cases, like for a successful sales team, like there's always going to be a much greater SDR count than there is AE count. So the roles just aren't as prevalent. So there's way more competition um, to get into them because there's just not right. that many openings. And so people, you'll see like people sit in AE roles for like five, six, seven, eight years before they decide to make that jump. And it is super competitive, right? Like most people won't hire externally for a manager, a sale, like an AE sales manager. They'll hire yep. someone internally who is an AE there for a long time. A lot of companies won't even hire AE managers very often. It might happen once every two or three years, unless you get lucky with some turnover. So I think that's why like those positions aren't as prevalent in the marketplace. Like you'll find them, but you're, you're going to see like, Hey, you need 10 years of, of management experience. Right. It's like, Oh, I've only ever been a closer or mm, <laughs> I've only ever been like a, a manager of SDRs and I've only ever been an AE and I've been doing it for six years. So I need to do this for four more years before I can even get into that. So it is a lot, a lot more difficult. Um, but going back to like what the initial topic is like going from SDR to a team lead role, or a manager role on the SDR side, I do think it's really beneficial for the, for the reasons that you said. Also, I think it's important because you'll always have the opportunity to be an AE. Like if you're an SDR manager, like you can always go and do that. And like you said, you can use the fact that you taught your team how to prospect kind of as like a, a selling point for yourself, but you will move into those sales leadership roles a lot faster. So like if you already yeah. have that leadership position, so like if I'm an SDR, I'm a team lead, not a full manager quite yet, but I've been leading a team of four to six people. And then an AE opens, AE role opens up internally that I want. I can go and take that role. I can do really well for eight to 12 months. And then a team lead role might open up on the AE side. And I'm kind of like a no brainer, right? Cause I did really well in the yeah. AE role. I already know how to manage people's personalities and you know how different every single person is going to be. So it's like, I'm already going to have that stuff. So it's going to be a lot easier for me to get that role, whether it's internally or externally. Cause once you do get that AE experience, and you already have management experience and you want to go manage AE somewhere else, you'll have that whole breadth of experience that you can kind of talk about. Whereas most other people will go from like SDR to AE and then try to go get a manager role somewhere else. It's a little bit difficult because they've never had that management experience because yeah. being an IC is so different from managing people. You know, it's a different day to day. It's a different cadence. You talk to each people, each person differently. You don't necessarily have an individual quota. So you have to worry about what other people are doing on a day to day basis. So there's a lot of different variables that are in play there. 
Um, but I think those are all like super things uh, or super important things to think about when you're making that decision to go from like an IC or like an SDR to a team lead role. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And like one other thing to add, um, like now as a manager looking at potentially promoting people to team lead, like one of the biggest things I look at is do you put like the team or the company before yourself or are you like one of those SDRs or A's or like super selfish, like, yo, me, 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 I'm going to ignore people on Slack. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to ignore rules and engagement. One of the biggest things is like, are you the type of person that shows you kind of put the team first? Um, and just the simple things like being punctual, like actually showing up on time for meetings, having your camera on. If you're kind of like showing that you're not necessarily, you know, not super responsive to Slack, don't have your camera on, aren't showing up in time for meetings, um, might be bending the rules when it comes to rules of engagement. That's an automatic disqualifier to be a team lead because if, if you're doing that, I mean, that means your entire team is, is going to follow suit and do that exact same thing. Um, yeah. So that's just a big thing I kind of wanted to add that I've noticed. Um, I, you just got to do the simple things. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually a good point to bring up because like we're talking about kind of our past and some of the stuff that we did to get promoted or, or move into leadership positions. But you're promoting people right now and I've promoted people into team lead roles. Like what are things that you look for in your SDRs who you're like when you're trying to promote somebody into a team lead role, like what are characteristics, what are qualities that you look at right now when you're trying to, to promote people into those roles that you're trying to fill, like besides the stuff that you just mentioned, like what other kind yeah. of things are kind of relevant to you when you're making those decisions? Uh, the biggest one is, is their process repeatable? So like, if they're like, obviously you have to hit quota, but if you're hitting quota the wrong way or in a way that's like not necessarily the process we're trying to teach, um, again, that's a disqualifier. So are you following the process we've laid out in place? Are you like adhering to the cadences, doing things the right way? Do you have a repeatable process that you can teach the SDRs? That's the biggest thing. Like, do you have our process mastered? Um, and there's, and honestly, it might just be, it, it's not that easy. Like a lot of, um, it's not very common for people to always just stick to that process and have it mastered. So that's the biggest thing. Um, I think creativity as well. Like the SDR job is always changing. Like the way you prospect, you always have to like, you know, change up your email templates or call scripts or different ways. There's always new ways of prospecting. So I think somebody who shows are creative, somebody who's maybe bringing new templates, new ideas from other content sources to the team consistently. That's a big thing I look for. Like, are they trying to actually improve the process? Do they have it mastered? And then what are they doing to try and improve it? Um, that's another big thing that I look for besides what I mentioned earlier, which is like being honest, being somebody who's actually punctual, that sort of thing. Yeah, to piggyback off that, like what would be an example of a rep being creative where you would be like, oh, that's, you know, a cool thing that they did that I would want someone who's on my leadership team to, to do? Like what would be an example of something that you see um, of creativity from a rep? Yeah, I mean, a really good example, I'll use Stephen Chase as an example. Uh, he pointed out like new features within Zoom Info that make our process a lot simpler. So Zoom Info has this new like workflow feature or whatever that makes it a lot easier to get accounts into cadences. And so, and that's just one example, but he'll always look for new ways to use our tools, whether that's sales or whether that's a sales law of Zoom Info, whatever it is, and kind of bring those to me and say, hey, I think we can make the process a little bit, you know, more efficient with this, you know, this update or whatever. So that, that's a big example is like around our process, looking for improvements. Um, and it kind of shows that they're not just necessarily thinking about themselves, but the team as a whole. Um, so that, that, you know, that's a, a big example. Yeah, for sure. And then the last thing before we wrap up here is like you mentioned doing things the right way. So like I've seen SDRs who do it the right way. They make calls, 
you know, they book things that are within their territory. They go about, you know, their cadence steps the right way. Um, and then you also see SDRs who don't necessarily do things the right way, right? Like they go through their CRM and they find other people's leads or they find leads that were actually in a book of business that belong to an AE, like close loss opportunities and book those as if they're their own when it's really outside of their territory and they do things that bend the rules or even break the rules pretty clearly. Like, why is it important to you that someone does things the right way if you're going to promote them into a, a leadership role? It's important because the team always is going to follow the values of their leader, I feel like. So if, if they're showing, and also they need to be able to look up to you. So if you're a leader and you're telling people to follow this process, but you, they were just an SDR with you and they know you weren't following that process, they're not going to respect you and they're not going to follow that process either. And if you're showing that you don't respect the rules of engagement or you don't respect the process set in place from, from your leader, then the people below you aren't going to do the same. So it's just going to set your team up for success or for not set your team up for success um, if you're showing that you know you don't really follow the rules in a sense. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I think the biggest thing is just like SDR. Like people know if you're full shit or not. And so like yeah. if, you're, if you're a sketchy SDR and then you get promoted and tell pe other people not to be sketchy when you were just breaking the rules and being sketchy, everyone's going to think you're full shit and they're not going to respect you and it's going to build a really bad culture. So I think that's yeah. a super important thing that you just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, we're all attentive. Like, that's the SDR job is to be attentive to things like that. Like we all know who's doing things the right way and who's not. So it, it goes to what you said earlier, like that's how you earn people's respect by showing that you can do it the right way and you have an actual repeatable process. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, that's all I have, unless you have anything else you want to add to the topic. Uh, no, that's it. Sweet. Well, I appreciate everybody listening. This is the SalesCast podcast. Again, give us a follow. We'll post these weekly. Um, so this month's like theme is getting promoted from an SDR role into various different career paths. Sweet.